0: I'm so excited. Listen, I love you guys. You say, I don't know you, but I love you. you hear here. I love you. And as you continue to come here, I'm going to continue to love you. And if I don't see you, I'm going to love you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to say, I haven't seen him in a week. Lord, bless him. Keep him wherever he's at and bring him back home. That's what we do at New Birth. We love. So if this is your first time, welcome home, as Pastor Dennis said. And I'm like I said, I'm so excited to be here tonight. And I'm going to do my best To give you everything that God has given me. As I prepared this message, I told my son, listen, if I don't get one hallelujah, it's okay because the message ministered to me. It ministered to me. And so as I was reading, I said, Lord, you're so good. And so, listen. Today is going to be a little bit of a challenge. Today, you're not getting fed. Kids' meals. You remember when you when you were in in elementary school, and then you got to a certain point, you went to a restaurant and said, "Do you does he need a kids' meal?" Like, nope, I don't want no kids' meal. I know because that's what my daughter did. Listen, before before I start giving this word, can we pray just a little bit? Father, I love you. I love you with all of my heart, all of my mind, all of my soul, with everything that I am, I love you. And I thank you for allowing us to be here tonight in your presence, Lord. I thank you for allowing us to come together as one mind and one body to glorify your holy name, Father. And Holy Spirit, tonight I pray that in the name of Jesus that you have your way. I pray that you open up every heart and every mind to receive what you have for us tonight, Father God. I pray that no one leave this place the way they came in, Father. I pray, Father, that when they walk out those doors, that they know who you are in them and who they are in you. And I ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Listen, so... The sermon series for March is, Are We There Yet? And I can't help but to think about comedy movies when I hear that term, Are We There Yet? Or my daughter in the background, Are We There Yet, Daddy? So I you don't know, I have a 10-year-old daughter who's going on 20. I got a, I got a 17-year-old son who's literally turning 18 tomorrow. Can we give it up? And I got a gorgeous wife that I'm not going to tell you how old she is because then my sofa's not that comfortable. (laughs) They said, are we there? I'm, I'm excited about this sermon series because God is taking new birth in a direction that we want everyone to be on the same page. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, every hope group, Sundays we need to all be on the same page because God is not just taking the people that go on Sunday somewhere he's taking the people that go on Tuesday on Wednesday all of us one body one mind are we there yet and so are we there yet is the sermon series but tonight before we go deep into that the sermon series tonight is where are you now where are And so we're going to start off with Genesis chapter 3. It's up on the screen. If you have your Bible, whip it up on your Bible. And Pastor Dennis said something in huddle. He said, if you got your Bible, bring your Bible out. Leave your glow Bible at home. Because nowadays, you know, we don't say uh, open up your Bible. We say turn on the Bible. But I remember when I was young, I had my blue Bible. (laughs) Walking in the streets of the South Bronx sticking out like the sorest thumb you could ever see but it was all right i held my blue bible with all my pride and so walking through the hood with my blue bible (laughs) it was so funny one time before i get into the bible uh into the verse one time i was walking to church with my mom and uh one of her one of the sisters from church and this guy, no lie, he just runs up to the sister from church and he snatches her, her bag. And he starts running away. And I almost start chasing him. She's like, no, no, it's okay. It's the Bible. <laughs> You'll be blessed. <laughs> Listen, Genesis chapter 3. <laughs> we love you, Lord. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then... Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate it. It's a little dangerous preaching this on Woman's Month, right? <laughs> but we're not going that route, we know better. Listen, the Lord has been speaking to our church, and he's been telling us that he's going to be doing new things in our lives. He's been telling us that he's going to open new doors, new opportunities, new ministries, new places, and most of all, fresh harvest. You know what fresh harvest is? New souls. We're going to places to do things we've never done before. So we're taking this time to reflect and analyze our spiritual walk with God. And we're taking this time to identify our mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual locations. You're like, wow, that's not what I was expecting tonight. It's going to be a little bit different. You're going to need a fork and a knife to get through this one tonight. In order to reach our destination... You have to first identify your current location. Listen, thank God for the GPS. I have the worst sense of direction of anyone that I know. It does not matter where I'm going. If it's the first time that I'm going there and I take my, on my own account to decide I think I should go left, it never fails I was supposed to go right. It never fails. And so I thank God for my wife and for GPS. Because if the GPS is wrong, my wife says, no, no, no. You got to make a left down here. And then two blocks down, you make another right. And then a quarter mile. then you can be. I was like, babe, but we've only been there once. How do you know that? So frustrating. I was absent on the day God was giving our sense of direction. <laughs> But when you, when you use your GPS and you enter a destination, it asks you a question. What's your current location? Because in order for you to know where you're going, you have to know exactly where you are. And so you have to stop and think and reflect. God is calling us to a new place, but we have to identify where are we today. And there are a few things that have to happen in order for you to do that. There's a few things for you to identify your emotional and mental and spiritual status right now. Where are you right now? And the first thing that has to happen is you have to be honest. It sounds simple, but you have to be honest. When we read Genesis chapter 3, we read about the moment that Adam and Eve fell in sin. We read that the serpent tempted Eve and together, together, both Adam and Eve made a decision to sin. In that moment, their eyes were open. And for the first time, they see that they're vulnerable. For the first time, they realize that they're naked. And so the first thing they do is try to cover up but they're covering up their original state. They're covering up their vulnerability. They're covering up in order to hide what was supposed to be their natural state. It was their sin that caused them to feel shame. that caused them to panic and caused them to try to cover themselves up. And when they hear God, they run to hide from him. In that moment, God called Adam and said, where are you? It was in that moment that Adam had an opportunity to come clean and be honest. And instead of being totally and completely honest, instead of identifying his current state, he said, Lord, I hid because I was afraid because I was naked. But if we understand and we read, that's the the fact that he was naked wasn't the problem. The fact that he ate some fruit wasn't the problem. What got Adam into his current location was his disobedience. And so when God asked him, Where are you? And he asked him, Where are you? And Adam responds, He said, I hid. I hid because I was naked. No, that was how he was supposed to be. Because that's how we're supposed to be in the presence of God completely vulnerable, open. We don't need to hide. But we start hiding when we start to sin. When we we find ourselves out of his will, then all of a sudden we feel like we need to cover up. It wasn't his nakedness. It was his disobedience. And So we have to stop lying to ourselves because in that moment, Adam was lying to himself and to God. That's a hard thing to do. Sometimes you don't realize that. But listen, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you fail the test? The Bible says that we have to test ourselves, you have to ask yourself, the hard questions you have to ask yourself the questions that no one else might know to ask you have to look in the mirror and ask yourself what areas am I not living up to God's standards it's not it's it's super easy to tell someone else I'm good it's easy to tell someone I'm blessed and favored but when you look in the mirror ask yourself where can I grow Where can I improve? Where is God not the center of my life? And you have to know that this exercise, is not easy. It's easy for you to tell someone else, I'm good. It's easy for you to look at someone else and lie about your current state. But it's hard to go in the mirror, look yourself in the eye and say, are you righteous? Are you living holy? Is God the center of your life? It's hard. But you need to know that this exercise, this exercise is not to condemn you. This exercise of looking in the mirror and asking yourself the question and being honest and open with yourself. When you find a fault, when you find an opportunity to grow and improve, don't beat yourself up. Don't begin to devalue yourself. That's not the point of this exercise. Because we're quick. We're quick to start talking bad about ourselves. It's that little voice inside your head. You're not good enough. You messed up again. You'll never be able to do it. That's not the point of this exercise. The point of this exercise is to be completely vulnerable and open to yourself to answer the questions that no one else can ask you. And so sometimes it can be difficult and scary. But 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So you say, I'm going to look in the mirror, I'm going to find some stuff that I might not like, it's okay. I'm going to look in the mirror, I'm going to see some stuff I I don't like, it's okay. The idea of this is not to put yourself down, the idea is to confess it. The idea is to put it out there. The idea is to surrender it so that God can begin to heal, so that God can begin to prepare and mold you to who he has designed you to be. It's supernatural and it might feel like the first instinct to start putting yourself down. I need you to understand that's not the point of this exercise. And as a matter of fact, can I take it a step further and tell you, you don't even have the right to do that? First John chapter 4 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out Fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who has fear is not made perfect in love. So if you say you love God, God is love. He's not fear. So when you look at yourself in the mirror and you do see that flaw, and you do see that brokenness and you do see that hurt and that pain and you do see that sin and all the things that you don't like don't begin to say you're not good you're bad, you'll never be enough that's not the point because if God is in you he is love so don't punish yourself drive the fear out this this is a a reflection moment sometimes we come to church and I love a I love a service where everything just goes nuts and the spirit just moves and and your hair gets all messed up and your makeup is... This is a reflection moment. As you confess your flaws and your brokenness, you're honest with God. As you confess what you did to yourself or to others, don't punish yourself. Don't down-talk to yourself because you you truly don't have that right. God wants you to be honest with yourself and with him, not to punish you, but to free you. Can I say that again? God wants you to be honest with yourself and with him, not to punish you, but to free you, not to harm you, but to restore you, not to dismiss you, but to grow you, to fulfill the plans he has with you, to help you become who he has designed you to be. Jeremiah 1 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You may not know where God has designed you to be yet, but start start getting ready now. You say, I don't know where. where, Are we there yet? I don't know. I don't know. but start getting ready now. Start getting those things out of your system. Start, start preparing those things. Start taking out the junk that's come into your life for different reasons. Start making space for the gifts that God has for you. Listen, when you go on a road trip, you gotta make sure the car is ready. You gotta empty out the truck so you can put in the suitcases. You gotta make sure the tires are good. You gotta make sure you got oil. You gotta make sure you got gas. You got to make sure all that stuff is ready before you start going. So don't wait to be perfect to start doing what God has called you to do. Listen, right now in your imperfection, start getting ready. Right now with your flaws and your brokenness and everything you think is not good, start getting ready. Let God start working in you now because it's in the now that he's going to get you ready for the later. Don't wait. has appointed you and set you apart. Look in the mirror and begin to cleanse, begin to release, begin to heal through the power of the blood of Christ. I think I missed my second point. (laughs) The second point was we have to stop lying to ourselves. So the first one was you must be honest. The second one is you have to stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to yourself. Amen. And so the next point is real simple. next point is we have to stop blaming others for where you are today. As you take this time to identify where you are right now in your walk with God, you might come to a really difficult truth that you are where you are right now because of the results and the actions and the decisions and the influence of someone else. Someone may have done something to you or taken something from you that caused you to walk down the route, the only route that you thought was possible for you. What do I mean by that? I mean that somewhere along the way, someone hurt you. I mean that somewhere along the way, something was taken from you. And so you started walking down this road that you thought was the only road that was for you. It happens. It happened to me. Something happened to me. And so I thought this was the only road that I can go down. And so we can't deny that fact. We can't say that never happened. Someone may have hurt you and taken advantage of you mentally, emotionally, even physically. And so today, when you think about where you were, when you go back to that time, that place that you were hurt, where you were broken, when the lights were shut off and all you could see is darkness and pain that brought brought you to where you are today. When God gave Adam a second opportunity to be, act, to be honest, he asked him, who told you that you were naked? And Adam said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. That's an undeniable fact. Yes, Eve did something. It's an undeniable fact. Yes, someone did something to you. See, we're not here to say pretend it never happened. We're not here to say, say, just forget about it. But what are we here to say? We're here to say that anyone that is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. And the old has gone. And the new is here. Yes, people in our lives can cause us to take detours in our lives. We can't deny that that pain is real. But God is telling you today that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. When you accepted Jesus as your Savior, he made you new. But we have to surrender those burdens that we've been carrying. Yes, it happened. Someone hurt you. Someone took something from you. And you've been carrying that burden this whole time. And that burden has not allowed you to move into the place that God is calling you to be in. You've been carrying it along like that bag lady that has all those bags. I don't know, maybe that's in New York City. But you can see this old lady, she got mad bags. It's like, where's she going with all those bags? She got the blue one. She got the thank you for shopping here one. And then she take up all the space on the subway train. But that's you. You're carrying all those bags with you. And they're dragging you down. They're slowing you down. They're holding you down. They've been a burden on your life. But Jesus said, listen, listen. Jesus said, come to me all that are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. You haven't been able to sleep. You haven't been able to eat. You haven't been able to think you can't focus the things you need to do you just can't get it done because you're burdened because you're holding all that down but God is telling you tonight I want to give you rest I want to give you freedom I want to heal you I want to liberate you let me take that from you surrender it to me give it to me let it go you don't need to carry It happened. It brought you here. But it's not who you are. We can't deny it. But we'll move forward. We will move forward. Listen. I have to make a complete stop right now. I don't know why God put this in my heart. But as I was preparing this sermon, the Spirit said, stop. Everything you just said, stop. Because they've been carrying the burden. Because they haven't been honest with themselves. So they haven't been been able to be honest with me. It's because someone hurt them. It's because someone broke them. Where are you now? Right now. I know why you're there. But this is what the Spirit told me to tell you. This is why this is not baby food. This is why this is not the kids' menu. This is the hard part. Forgive them. forgive them. You will not be able to move forward and do what God has called you to do until you forgive them. Why? Because God has forgiven you. It will never be something that you'll be free of until you forgive them. My father was an alcoholic. My father was abusive. And I don't say those things to put him down. It took many, many years to understand why he was like that. And as I became a father, a husband, and I thought back on his life and I reflected on his upbringings, I understood why he was the way he was. But during my teenage years, I came to a point where I was so mad with him. I, I just wanted to punch him in the face. There's no, I'm not gonna lie, I just wanted to punch him in the face. Straight up, just deck him. That's all I wanted to do. But as I was walking down the street one night in New York City, the spirit began to minister to me and it said, you need to forgive him. Full stop right now. I forgave him that night. But I needed to do it again and again and again. It's not, sometimes it's, it, God can work in two ways. Miraculously, instantly, and sometimes he takes his time. And so whichever way he chooses to do it with you tonight, obey. But start tonight. We need to forgive. Jose, but it hurts so much. You need to forgive. I still think about it. You need to forgive. Because tonight we need to let go. We need to let go of the burden. We need to let go of the hold that it has on you because God is taking you somewhere. And listen, where he's taking you, there's no blueprint. Don't look for it. God told me, listen, tell them that there's no blueprint. Because when Jesus came to earth, died on the cross, and resurrected on the third day, there was no blueprint. No one had ever done that. So what God is going to do with you, it's never been done. What you need to do is believe. And have faith. Forgive and let go. Listen. The last point is before before I go to the last point, I want I want to I want to read this to you. Joshua one nine. I don't think I, yeah, I gave it to you really, but have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Why did I want to tell you that? Why did the Spirit want to tell you that? Because in order to forgive, in order to let go, you have to be strong and courageous. The kingdom of God is not for the... (laughs) The kingdom of God is not for people that will just want to be lackadaisical and want to lie down and not do much. It's for the strong and courageous. You say, I'm weak. That's okay. I said, blessed are the weak. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those. What? Because in your weakness, God's strength is made perfect. Did you know that? Did you know that in your weakness, his strength is made perfect? perfect he, he doesn't need you to be to depend on your own strength he's going to give it to you he's going to give you the the courage and the bravery to be able to do the things that he's called you to do he's going to be there with you he's going to walk with you he will be with you wherever you go so be strong and courageous because he's giving you that authority. He's giving you that power. 2 Timothy says, for I have not given you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. He's given it to you. So yes, you can be strong. Yes, you can be courageous because he's given it to you. All you got to do is grab hold of it. All you got to do is believe. All you got to do is move forward in the promises that God has given you. Last point. We have to move forward and not look back. I know we've identified where we are. And in order to do that, we had to take an exam of where we've been. But once you identify where you are right now, in this moment, once you let go of the burden, once you begin to forgive, once you begin to let go, once you begin to trust and believe in what God is doing with you, don't look back. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 and 14. Oh, sorry, verse, I'm going to start out, I'm going to read it, uh, Willie. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 1 through 4. Though I myself have many reasons for such confidence. I'm gonna come back to that real quick. And I wanna go back, I wanna to continue to verse 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of what of that for which Christ Jesus took hold for me. Brothers and sisters, do not consider, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on and towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Listen, verses one through four, what is he saying? He's saying that he's saying that we are the circumcision. That means, again, we have been set apart. We are not of this world. And so we can't let the things that happen in this world or happen to us in this world dictate who we are and the choices that we make. Because if we do that, then we're giving in to our fleshly desires. And Paul is saying, don't give in to your fleshly desires. And he's saying, Paul, the guy who wrote most of the New Testament, the guy who got stopped in the middle of the road, spoke to him audibly, made him blind, told him, go over there, this guy's going to heal you. Paul, who had all these experiences, he's saying, I still got these issues. I still deal with this sometimes. So I know what it is to feel that, but I can't let my flesh take control. I can't let my flesh dictate who I am and what I do. I can't let the circumstances around me. Tell me what I should do. I can't let my feelings decide what I'm going to do. Because I'm not from this place. Paul is saying that. That's what he's saying in verses 1 through 4. And then when he goes on, he says, I need to press forward. I need to continue to work forward. Not looking back. Somewhere in those verses, he says, because whatever I've lost... Whatever I used to have, I now consider garbage. And it's not, literally read, read it. He says it's garbage. He lost a lot. He was hurt a lot. But he says it's all garbage, it doesn't matter to me because what matters to me is that I now know Christ Jesus. What matters to me is that I now serve Christ Jesus. What matters to me is that the same way that Jesus resurrected is the same way that I will resurrect when he calls me. He says so I'm not going to let my emotions dictate what I do. I'm not going to let my feelings dictate who I am. I'm going to continue on in the promises of God. I'm going to continue on in what God has told me. I'm not going to let my circumstances tell me what to do. I'm going to let God's spirit tell me what to do. I'm going to let God's promises tell me what to do. And that's what God is telling us today. Listen, I know sometimes your feelings say one thing, but I'm telling you do another. I know your feelings are saying, I don't want to forgive, but I'm telling you, do forgive. I'm telling you, do move forward. That's where your blessing is. That's where God is calling you to be. Listen, where are you today mentally, emotionally, spiritually, even physically? Where do you hang out? Who do you talk to? Where do you invest your time and energy? If it's not for the things of the Lord, If it's not to glorify him, if it's not to know him better, if it's not to know his heart and his thoughts, then what is it? If he's not the center, then where are you? What brought you here? Be honest with yourself and ask the questions that only you can ask. But don't beat yourself up in the process. Give God room to work in you and through you. Who do you have to forgive? perhaps you need to start by forgiving yourself for putting yourself down and devaluing yourself and not accepting that you are a child of the king of God, the king of glory. Perhaps you need to forgive someone else in order to be free from what's holding you back. Today, identify where you are so that you can move forward through the power of Christ Jesus with every head bowed and every eyes, every eye closed. Sometimes it's a hallelujah, praise the Lord, dance type of sermon. And sometimes it's God speaking and he wants you to hear clearly what he's saying. Father, in this moment, right now, I pray, Father God, that the broken hearts, I pray, Father God, that those that have been holding on to those burdens, right now, that they begin to let them go. That they begin to forgive. That they begin to surrender. That they begin to... To understand, Father, that although they're not perfect, it's okay. You still love them. That you still, you're still working in them. That you're still working for them, Father God. Holy Spirit, right now, heal every heart, every mind, Father God. Have your way in this moment. Be glorified in their lives. Remind them that you are walking with them. That they're never alone. Remind them that you have all authority and all power, and although they can't see it, you're working it out. Father God, exalt yourself in their lives every day. Give them a hunger and a thirst for your presence and your word. If there's anyone here, that has never accepted Christ as their Savior, and you're saying, Jose, I I hear what you're saying, and and it's so hard, I don't even know where to start. How do I start to forgive? The first thing you need to do is surrender your life to Christ. If you have never surrendered your life to Christ before, don't think about it, don't hesitate, just throw your hands up in the air immediately because I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. This is a decision that will change your life forever. Forever. Thank you, Lord. Father, we love you. We thank you. Everyone is from the house, Lord. Give them strength. Give them courage. Give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. We love you, Lord. We love you.